0: Hello and welcome to another Lights, Camera, Sports podcast presented by Chestnut Hill Technologies. I'm your host, Mike Galtieri. Well, BC finishes the year 7-5 in football after a very impressive win over Syracuse. I thought it would be appropriate to talk to Mike Sullivan, who covers the BC Eagles with the Heights. He was at the game last Saturday, so we recapped the game. And uh, also talked about where BC might end up for a possible bowl destination. It was a very lively podcast. i also like to remind everybody, if you're a BC football fan, you need to be a part of the BC Football Gridiron Club. Just go to bcfootballgridiron.com to sign up and get more details. All right, let's get right to the podcast with Mike Sullivan. As always, thanks so much for listening. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amage Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com.
1: That's Chestnut Hill Technologies com. At Stone and Pizza, their mission is simple. To offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin''s three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go eagles hello everybody and
0: welcome to another lights camera sports podcast presented by chestnut hill technologies hello everybody i'm your host mike galtieri well bc football coming up a 42 to 14 victory over syracuse on saturday so bc approves a seven and five overall and their sights have now torn uh, toward to the bowl season so with that i thought it'd be great to invite mike sullivan from the heights uh bc senior he was at the carrier dome uh covers bc football all season first of all mike thanks so much for the time and uh nice to talk to you after a nice bc win
2: not a problem happy to be here
0: and you talk about bc just to get your general thoughts 42 to 14 uh winning in a tough place in the carrier dome
2: yeah it was an absolutely dominant win uh for boston college uh arguably most dominant win of the season. Um, you know, maybe Florida State might edge it out there, but uh, I mean, BC looks incredible in all facets of the game, especially offensively. Uh, Darius Wade uh, was stellar last night. Uh, proved that uh, he, you know, has the talent to be able to lead uh, BC. Maybe that the uh, Fenway game was a little more rain. He was sixteen to twenty for two hundred forty-eight yards, a touchdown, uh, all of which are career highs. Second best in terms of efficiency this year for a BC quarterback when we're behind Anthony Brown's game against Virginia. Um, yet again, A.J. Dillon uh, showed how stellar he can be with uh, 23 carries for 193 yards and three touchdowns. He proved that he could do it long with big striding runs. He proved he could be tough with a couple of uh, short uh, touchdown runs. Uh, John Hellman also added 74 yards. Uh, to that, um, you know, one thing great thing about Darius too Is that he spread the ball around. Uh, nobody caught more than two passes, and ten different receivers uh, caught a pass. And then defensively, um, you know, the Eagles have shown how strong they can be even without Harold Landry, who's projected to be a first round pick uh, next year. Definitely, Topic Shea recently had him as the number one uh, linebacker. Uh, but you know, Zach Allen and Wyatt Ray proves why they are elite pass rushers off the edge. Uh, the secondary, you know, struggled against uh, Steve Ishmael, but who doesn't? Uh, the Syracuse senior receiver had 11 catches for 187 yards and a touchdown. Uh, but you know, even even despite that, they were able to shut down a lot of Syracuse's other weapons uh, with uh, you know Er uh, Phillips and Sean Riley, and you know they they really kept uh, Rex Culpepper, uh, a redshirt freshman, who's the third stringer for Syracuse. You know, a little off he, he, he was good. He had a good game, and I, I think he's going to be a good quarterback for Syracuse, uh, moving forward. But it, it got to the point where, you know, the Cutes could get down and just not be able to convert on the third down, uh, a lot. And a uh, you know, big game for Hamp Cheevers and Will Harris, in particular Harris, uh, recovering two fumbles, one of which was forced by Cheevers, made a couple of good pass defendants. So
0: overall, uh, you know, really good all-around effort for Boston College. Yeah, no question about. It. What was the scene like in the Carrier Dome? The crowd, and uh, were they pretty much taken out of the game early on with the the BC early lead?
1: I mean, all things considered,
2: that car- the, the crowd was pretty good. And at the end of the day, these are two teams that very much don't like each other. Um, you know, there was only about thirty thousand people in there, but the Carrier Dome did a great job at holding the sound of energy. I, I really think that the uh, that it, it was pretty loud at least through the first half. Uh, it only it took it until the fourth quarter for people to start. Uh, filing out, and uh, yeah, then the crowd was great. Uh, all things considered, obviously you no know, students because syracuse is pretty, uh, you know, natural school. Not not a ton of kids who are from the area, so a lot of alumni, a lot of locals uh, rooting for the orange. And yeah, the crowd the crowd was totally fine. Uh, it, it was great to really hear some serious boos for BC when the Eagles came out. You know, it's a lot of apathy at other. Programs when the Eagles march on the field, but Syracuse definitely really hates this program, So that's always a good
0: sign to hear. Yeah, that's a good point. These northeastern schools, whether it be UConn, Syracuse, uh, really it's nice it's nice to have a little rivalry back and forth compared to like a Wake Forest where they don't know much about BC. Um, Mike, would like to get your theme. What was the press conference like afterwards and uh, what players did you speak to and what was the general theme there? Uh,
2: yes, yeah, so we talked to uh, Will Harris, Lucas Dennis, Darius Wade, uh AJ Dillon um Ham Cheevers Chevers and you know the the mood is upbeat uh, this team is a team that is you know grateful uh to be to have eight wins uh, Steve Adazio you know I I, we, I asked him about you know his five year plan and how you know how does this year fit into a five year plan and he said you know we may not, we're trying to build toward that conference championship, and, you know, it may, it's going to take a, it may take a long time, but at least they're doing it the right way. They're building it in the trenches. And I, and I think they've proven that with the improvement on the offensive line uh, this year. And, you know, I've, I asked all the guys, you know, what exactly was the turning point? And, and AJ Dillon kind of emphasized that they, after that Virginia Tech game, they, they realized that, you know, they had a lot more talent. They, they, they knew that they were getting, you know, embarrassed in front of their home crowds. And, uh, I was after that Virginia Tech game that the captains kind of took them all together and realized, said, you know, we, we need to play, uh, for each other, but also for BC. And that was the real turning And, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a locker room that's very together right now. It's, uh, it's probably very hard to find in the country a locker room that probably has a, as little turmoil as BC's does right now. They, um, they just genuinely really like each other. They are, Excited to be with one another, um, and you know they're grateful to be in the position that they are. They know that it's always better to uh, it's always better to finish on a five and one run than start on a five and one run and you know, slump toward the end.
0: Yeah, look at Virginia, right? That's the other situation. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so, and obviously, you think Adazio? You have to feel like he's safe going forward now.
2: Well, he I think from a BC perspective, he should be safe. Obviously, they could they could worry about. Losing him somewhere else, I, I doubt that would happen. I, I really do think uh, Steve wants to make this work here at BC for the long haul. Um, yeah, I, I don't think that there would be any reason to fire Coach Adagio or anyone on the staff. Really, I think um, you know the the, uh, the offensive staff has proven that it, it, it's capable of what it's doing. Um, especially you know running back coach Brian White, who uh, I think took a lot of heat early on in the year. I think he, everyone on this staff should be safe. Uh, moving forward, it, I don't know if necessarily a 7-5 season or you know, eventually 8-5 or 6-7-6. You know, none of that merits any sort of an extension beyond next year, but um, I, I think that there's no reason why they shouldn't be all
0: safe for next year. I thought it was also interesting to watch the game. Jeff Smith, nice to see him have a nice... Uh, as a, basically, as a wide receiver, they have a nice rushing TD. Yeah,
2: that was interesting. I, I think they... Um, but, you know, the same type of set that they often use with Jeff, uh, with uh, Bad Smith and uh, the Orange did a really good job at stuffing that out, and I think they kind of switched that up, kind of changed the personnel by putting in Jeff. Uh, you know, it worked for a big game
0: on the first time they used it uh, for a A.J. Dillon, 23 carries, 193 yards. John Hilleman, 19 carries, 74 yards. What do you think, Mike, for watch team all year? Obviously the running backs are doing a good job, but how about the offensive line as well? The whole rushing game really is coming together.
2: There's no doubt in my mind that the turning point of this season was when A.J. Dillon became the starter, but I also think it really came when Ben Petrula moved in and got that one game, after he got the one game against Virginia Tech under his belt at center. Um, you know, Petrula is, and you know, we'll put it this way, Steve kind of had a a gamble that he had to take. Would, do you want to get the guy who's more familiar at the position or the guy who might be more college-ready? And, you know, the guy who's more familiar at the position, of course, is Alec Lindstrom, who's uh, Chris Lindstrom's brother and had played center all his life and is is a true center. But, you know, he's not exactly, just like Chris, he's not exactly sized up right now for the ACC. Uh, On the other end, you have Petrula, who is already over 300 pounds and is perfectly body ready for this conference, but he played right tackle, and that's not a place that BC needed to play right now. So what, what, what would you rather have? And Steve... You know, asserted at the time that like it's better right now to have a guy whose body is ready and teach them a new position on the line than to have a guy whose body isn't ready, even if they may have a little more familiarity. And you know, Petrula had a struggle in there in game one. There's no doubt about it. But um, since then, he's really taken to the center position, and his, his own physicality and uh, you know inherent skill of being on the offensive line has helped him tremendously and it's provided a big balance for the entire offensive line Aaron Montero at left tackle has gone from a clear negative to positive he he doesn't allow the edge rushers he used to allow uh Chris Lindstrom uh doing a really good job at right tackle position that he's you know it's not his natural position he's much he's better at right guard but you know he's doing perfectly fine at tackle but to allowed John Phillips who's been had a workman like year over there he's been serviceable that right side of the Offensive line is where I think AJ gets a lot of his bigger runs, and you know this is this is really now an offensive line that after a couple of years we really can see as a strength for this Boston College team, especially when you think about the people who are coming back next year. You've got John Baker, who will return. Uh, the team captain will return as center. You've got uh, you've got uh, uh, Elijah Johnson, the left guard. He'll return. Uh, he was a uh, you know star of last year's offensive line, according to Adavio. He really liked how. Johnson was able to break out this year. You're not losing anyone except for the graduate transfer, Marcel Lazard, who never actually really played much this year and was a detriment early on in the year. Uh, So you really got an offensive line that's all coming back. And and frankly, I think that Adani will actually have a tough decision in deciding if he wants to go back with Baker or go to Petrula full-time at center. Because, again, no no disrespect to Baker, but I don't know why you would change something that's working so well right now. So really... They finally have that good stable of offensive linemen that are all returning, and there's really no excuse for that that unit to not be a uh, detriment for This is a strong unit that has a lot of talent.
0: Also, too, what was it like? What was I'm interested in Darius's way to quarterback to get? What was his reaction like after the game? He must be having a lot of confidence. This guy had a lot of ups and downs. The Fenway game, not the greatest performance individually uh, with him in tough conditions, but he seemed to really, really emerge in the Carrier Dome. Yeah, I mean Darius
2: is uh you know, I think he's he's had such an interesting career at B C uh from, you know, why he lost his opportunities, uh, you know, really a good part of that wasn't entirely his fault. Again, we had I think if Darius had the offensive awesome one he has now, uh back then, he would have probably never gotten hurt for the first for starters and maybe would have had a little more success and you know, that might have not have even necessitated having Patrick Toll last year. Um you know, he's, he's happy. I think he's just having fun doing the opportunities he has. I, I, there's no secret to him that if Anthony Brown was here, he'd be starting instead. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's a great moment to see a guy who's stuck with this program uh, get the opportunity for him to, uh, you know, really shine.
0: And, you know, that's going to be a nice reward for him as well uh, with the, pot, the bowl game coming up uh, with him. Were you surprised EJ Perry didn't get any action, especially down the stretch when there was a, clearly a blowout?
2: Yeah, yeah, I would say that that's probably one of the uh, few points of criticism I have for Adazio and this coaching staff. I don't really understand still why they burned the red shirt of Perry. I, I understood it last week if they were going to play Perry this week. Um, but when they didn't end up playing Perry... At all, it uh, it just didn't make much sense. Now it feels like a waste of a burn because you're not going to use Perry in the bowl game unless it's a super blowout one way or the other. So I don't really understand why Dazio would burn it now if he wasn't going to play him. I I figured that Perry was going to come out at least for the third quarter. It's not like they should have been any scared of a major Syracuse comeback. So that's a really questionable decision, and I, I, I hope they know what they're doing. Uh, with that, but it, it makes very little sense to me as to why Perry Fletcher would have been burned last week if he wasn't going to play at all this week.
0: Yeah, that's going to be interesting to see. Something uh, we're going to have to look at as we enter the bowl game as well. Uh, also, a little side note, obviously it wasn't a huge deal, but any reason why A.J. Dillon didn't play the first 10 games, in your opinion? I mean, excuse me, the first 10 plays uh, against Syracuse obviously had a big TD run on play, I think 11, but uh, it was kind of weird. He didn't start the game.
2: Yeah, Coach mentioned that uh, Dylan was injured all throughout the week. He didn't even take a single snap; uh, just kind of wear and tear healing. So I guess they wanted to give you know, Hillman the start to see how AJ was feeling and if he was ready to go. He was ready to go, and you know, of course, AJ always seems like he's ready to go with the first ca- first carry, taking it 22 yards for a touchdown. But yeah, he he was hurting throughout the week uh, with some uh, in just various little wear and tear injuries and. Uh, they
0: wanted to be cautious to start the game. Yeah, it's probably actually a really good timing now with the ball being probably three four weeks away. Uh, give get him a little rest. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so what, let's just put our uh, a vision ahead. Where do you think? How do you think this all shapes up? I know we still have the ACC championship game to play, uh, but say Clemson does beat Miami, how do you, how do you see the trickle down effect coming to BC, and where do you think BC's bowl destination may be?
2: Well, I think one of the honestly one of the biggest problems for BC in this whole bowl selection process. They have been Notre Dame losing yesterday to Stanford. You know, Notre Dame is probably not going to be um, you know in line for that Camping World Bowl uh, now. I, I still think that I would go to North Carolina State. Um, obviously, Miami will go to the Orange Bowl. And Notre Dame is not probably going to get a new York new year six, which you know again will cause problems because they're going to take one of the ACC spots. And if, and if I'm the bowl selection committee there's no, out of the tier one bowls that makes the most sense for Notre Dame to go to the Pinstripe Bowl. Uh, so again, a really really unfortunate scenario uh, for PC fans because of that. Um, I doubt that, you know, as, as many tickets as BC sell the Pinstripe Bowl, they've proven that they're a hot ticket. If the Pinstripe Bowl can take Notre Dame, I, I think there's no doubt that they will. Um, uh, you know, Music City, I don't think, will make much sense. I, I would assume that Probably Wake Forest will go there. NC State will then get the Belk Bowl because that's home, and that unfortunately leaves the Sun Bowl uh, for BC, um, which is again a really really unfortunate uh, turn of events. Uh, if if the selection committee ultimately decides to go with the Pinstripe Bowl, obviously that's the best case scenario uh, for the Eagles and for Eagles fans to be at home in New York. Um, but I, I think if if they don't, if New, Notre Dame doesn't get that New Year Six bid, they're going to end up at Strike bowl, and that'll, that'll unfortunately bump BC
0: out. You also got to keep in mind, too, I think Florida State won. They did win yesterday, so they could get a bowl game. They win next week uh, with that they game. Could, to make they, would,
2: they could, but they'd have to be in tier 2 um, which would put them in mili- military independence or quick yeah.
0: lane. Yeah, okay, yeah. They
2: could only end up at 6 and
0: 6. So, yeah, they have to fall that way. So, you know, if the Sun Bowl does happen, I, it might not be the end of the world. You got a national TV, CBS airs that game. So, yeah, it'd be interesting to see how it all plays. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm, based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting to Fortune 500 and mid-cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amaj Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at
1: ChestnutHillTechnologies.com. That's Chestnut Hill Technologies. At Stone Love and Pizza, their mission is simple to offer the most creative selection of hand tossed, all natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone Love and Pizza uses all natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin's three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles!
0: Gotcha, Mike. Just want to move on now and just you know you're closing in your senior year of football, covering the Eagles. Like to take it back. Like to learn about your bio. Did you always grow up following Boston College? And uh, how did you go get involved with that sports writing at oh, school?
2: Oh yeah, no, no, no. Definitely was not a uh, definitely was not a BC fan. Um, Growing up, Uh, you know, from Long Island, college sports obviously not really huge on Long Island because we have no local team, um, and no one in my family uh, has any uh, collegiate allegiances. uh, First in family to go to a private school, so um, yeah, we have no, we have no allegiances that way. Uh, I actually grew up a Florida fan. Uh, Billy Donovan uh, is from the area, so I like them in basketball, and it it translated easily into football. I liked the, the style of play of Tim Tebow uh, around that time. And of course it's hard not to root for a team uh, that's a winner. Um, you know, journalism in general has always been a passion of mine. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I really always wanted to get into it in some capacity, uh, whether it was on TV or you know, behind the scenes on TV or radio or uh, in print. And, um, I uh, initially was going to think about some journalism schools, but um, I went to a Jesuit high school in New York City, uh, Regis High School, and um, that kind of got me thinking about uh, doing, going, getting that Jesuit aspect, um, having that, you know, I, I just liked the idea of, you know, how they teach, and uh, that attracted me to B.C., and, you know, being in Boston attracted me to B.C., getting a, a city that is you know, close, still a major city uh, that's close to home, uh, but not so close that I'm, you know, still back in New York. And uh, yeah, and with at BC, there's no better opportunity uh, to uh, become a journalist than working with the Heights. Uh, that by far, um, you know, has prepared me for whatever sphere of the journalism world that I could get into.
0: Yeah, you know, and I'm, I'm happy for you as well because I know you've had a lot of losing, freshman, sophomore, junior year, you know. And uh, now it's nice to see the nice football put together. I know, 7-5, but it almost feels better than that in a way because the way they finished this season.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, and I remember talking with uh, the BC press corps early in the year and we said that there's a good chance that BC is a much better team and ends up with a losing... Uh, a. Worse record than the previous year, just because of la- how weak last year's schedule was. And, and, I, and I think to go out there and have the same record but play a much tougher schedule said a lot about uh, you know the guys that are on this field and how they've grown in one year, and uh, how the coaching staff has grown too. I think um, you know the overall. You know, it wasn't just that the uh, that the players got better. I, I think the game plans really got better. And more evolved to what college football is becoming. Um, You saw more passing sets, even if you don't see enough on first down. I still think that they run too much on first and second down. Um, But you you just saw it more, and you saw more advanced plays. Uh, I think you just saw Adazio being able to open up his playbook and Leffler being able to open up his playbook because they knew that they had the players that they could do and it got rid of all, a lot of the conservatism of, of 2015 and 2016 and to play calling. So it, it, to see them have the same record but with more, two more ACC wins and against an overall tougher schedule uh, that was
0: sight to see. And you, you kind of wish there were still more games to be played obviously with the ball game but you wish next Saturday there was a game to see how it keeps going.
2: And you know maybe in a, maybe in a little while that there will be a next game to see how BC keeps going. Obviously they will always have the challenge of playing in the ACC Atlantic, uh, having to go up against Clemson and Florida State year after year, two powers that, you know, it really took, if we think about when Matt Ryan was here, it really took an aberration of Clemson and FSU not being good at all to make sure that BC could run away with those divisions. Sure. Um, but, you know, I, I see no reason why this team couldn't, in theory, compete for the ACC Atlantic title. Next year, I really think that they have the pieces. Uh, You know, I I think FSU is now squarely in a down year. Maybe DeAndre Francois coming back will change things. Uh, I I think that they have have it more talent than NC State does. If Anthony Brown doesn't get hurt, I still think they beat NC State. Uh, You know, Wake Forest was built on the amazing year of John Walford, and he'll be gone. Louisville has been built.
0: You know, and just to add my two cents, I was a student back then during the Matt Ryan era and went to two consecutive AC championship games. So it can be done. It's not that far of a stretch. And you know, I think you're right. I think they have a good, good chance uh, as long as they keep everyone together, keep everyone healthy. Uh, obviously, got to see how Anthony Brown's doing come next fall. But uh, to make a run uh, to Charlotte one year from today. Yep, definitely. Well, hey, Mike, thanks so much for joining us here. I know you got to enjoy your senior year, and we'll catch up with you right around the bowl game as well. It should be exciting to wear how it all shakes out in the next 10 days or so. Fantastic. Happy to talk with you. Great. Chestnut Hill Technologies is a leading technology integration and cybersecurity consulting firm based in the Boston area and owned by a BC alum. CHT provides world-class strategy and consulting, to Fortune 500 and mid cap firms throughout New England and nationally, including State Street Bank, Amage Pharma, and Intel Corporation. Check them out at chestnuthilltechnologies.com. That's
1: Chestnut Hill Technologies com. At Stone and Pizza, their mission is simple, to offer the most creative selection of hand-tossed all-natural pizza in the Neapolitan tradition. Their pizzas are cooked in a stone-fired brick oven directly on the stone to lock in the flavor. Stone and Pizza uses all-natural products. In other words, their dough, sauce, and cheese contain no additives, preservatives, or weird chemicals of any kind. Come visit one of Stone Lovin''s three locations, including the newest location at 1649 Beacon Street in Newton. Go Eagles.
0: Well thank you so much to Mike Sullivan at the Heights for uh, covering BC football's entire career and uh, giving some good coverage for that Syracuse game and looking ahead to the possible potential bowl game destination for Boston College football. like to remind everybody if you're a BC football fan just go to bcfootballgridiron.com and sign up for the Boston College Football Gridiron Club. It's the best destination for all BC football fans. Well, like to thank everybody for joining us here on the podcast. Like to also remind you, if you're interested in advertising on this podcast, just email lights Camera, sports ads. That's ads at gmail.com. Once again, that's lightscamera sports ads at gmail.com. So long everybody.